And we serve a God of first fruits. I was thinking about changing my message to we don't serve a God of leftovers. But he does like the first and best because he's a multiplier. And he does amazing things. And he deserves it. So first fruits, as we begin the year, I want to encourage you to give God your first fruits. And maybe you already do this. So this is just going to excite you. Or maybe you start off giving God first fruits. And then you kind of get into busyness in life. And God kind of gets the leftovers, even though you still love him. But I just want to tell you that when we give God our first fruits, there is such a blessing on our life. And um, you're going to get excited. I believe you're going to get excited. So we, when we give God first fruits, we're preparing ourselves before the Lord, before the year starts, to get his vision for our life, to get his word and his vision and what he is doing. We're pretty smart. We're creating the image and likeness of God, and we have good ideas, and we can plan, but God has supernatural ideas for us. And we can trick ourselves that we're doing a lot of good stuff, but God knows the plans he has for us, and we have to get it from him. And it's not a one-time thing. It's a walk with the Lord. And so as a church, we're going to come and pray and fast together, and I'm going to give you all the details of that. There's something so powerful about us corporately fasting and praying, but you individually learning first fruits and giving God first fruits. And if you've never done it and you decide to do it in a new way this year, I am telling you, you will never be the same. You will never be the same. You will experience a blessing that you've never had because it's a principle of God and it's powerful. So God has a lot to say about our lives and his plans. And so many times we miss out on the best because we have not asked him. And he wants to tell us. And so before you plan your year and get back into the swing of life, I'm going to encourage you to take time away and seek God for your life. Um, Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and you, he will make your... Uh, straight your paths in all your ways in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths and if you look up that word in the Hebrew um, you know English is Hebrew there's like 10 definitions to one English word you know in the Hebrew it's such a deep vast language but in the Hebrew what we would say straight in the Hebrew that word means smooth agreeable pleasant upright and prosperous. I spent um, some time in Africa before I got married, and the roads in Africa are rough. In different parts in the world, the roads are rough. There's, there's these things called potholes, and man, you can get stuck in a road. And when I think of this scripture, I think the Lord going before our path and filling in all the potholes and removing all of the stones that could cause us to stumble and just making that path agreeable, smooth, pleasant, prosperous so we can go. But when we acknowledge him in all our ways, he goes before us. He tells us things to come and prepares us. And so we could actually say that Proverbs 3, 6 means in all your ways acknowledge him first and he will make your plan smooth. Make your life agreeable and pleasant and upright and prosperous. I want that. This doesn't mean, obviously, we don't go through difficult times. It means we're prepared. We're ahead of the enemy. We know his plans because we've talked to our father, 
and he tells us. We never have to be blindsided because we have the Holy Spirit. We have God Almighty living inside of us. So first fruits, the definition of first fruits in the Hebrew is bikurim, the word bikurim. And you know what that means? Promise to come. I thought that was so powerful. First fruits is promise to come. That means when we seek the Lord and we give him our first and our best, there are so many promises that follow that. You know, Jesus is called the first fruits. In 1 Corinthians 15, he is the first fruits of many brethren. God gave his first and his best for us. And because of that, all of us have been grafted into holiness because of what Jesus did, the first and the best. So God never calls us to do anything that he's not willing to do himself. I love that, you know, that Jesus came on earth to be man, be human like us, to understand what it's like to live in this earth with all the difficulties and walked with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't call us to do anything he doesn't do first. What a God. He didn't have to do that. But he loves us so much and he sympathizes with us in our weakness, in this world, the things we go through. And he overcame and taught us how to and he's the first fruits. So now we get to just follow him in that. But a lot of times we don't give God our first fruits and then we call on God when we're in a mess. And I want to tell you, he's really good at cleaning up messes. But it's a whole lot easier to pre-seek the Lord before we get ourselves in messes or we get a great idea and we run with this and God's like I wasn't in that I am in uh, in college I wanted to be a dental hygienist and I worked really hard it's a very competitive career and you have to get straight A's and I worked really hard and I fill out the application we're praying over the application and the Lord said you know I never called you to do this say what (laughs) like years Years of study. I've called you to go to Bible school. Like, well, how do I provide for myself from Bible school? Like, knowing the Bible, I don't know how you make money. I was still single then. But years of wasted education because I never sought the Lord and what he had for my life. And that was a big risk because I had put so much human effort. And I tried hard and I got my straight A's and I filled out my application and that did not impress God at all. (laughs) But... I surrendered. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. And um, I went to Bible school. And when I graduated, there was a mission trip at the end that I went. And guess who I met there? My husband. And so when we seek the Lord, I mean, if I just had sought the Lord first, because we can come up with good ideas, I would have saved those years. But, you know, God redeems all things. Praise God. But there's, there's just an easier way. There's an easier way. And I've learned I have learned. So Romans eleven sixteen, it talks about first fruits. And I love this scripture because it says if a part of the dough, because in the Old Testament, um, they didn't have money. They traded commodity, you know. And so they had harvest. And when the harvest came, it was the first fruit that came out and the ripest. Not the one that's not that ripe you give to the Lord, but actually the best and the first. So 
it's talking about, it's reiterating in Romans where Paul is talking about in the, the first part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy. So when you offer the first to the Lord, whatever it is you have, your time, your resources, your heart, your finances, when you give him the first, it's holy before the Lord. And then Romans eleven sixteen says, then the whole batch is holy. If the root is holy, so are the branches. So this is what the Lord is saying. This is what the scripture is saying. When you give God the first and the best, and he doesn't ask for much. I mean, we know with tithing, it's 10%, okay? So just think about your time or whatever. God doesn't ask for a lot, but he does ask for the first and the best. That, that is holy unto the Lord, and everything else is holy. I believe us being here today, it would have been really easy to sleep in. I got no sleep last night from the fireworks. I tried to sleep. It's raining. You know, we could have slept in. We could have watched online. But we decided to get up and come. And for those of you who are watching online, you're blessed too. There's no condemnation at all. But what I'm saying is we decided to come to give our first and our best. And even by this small gesture of faith and love towards the Lord, what is he going to do the whole entire year? This day is holy unto the Lord, and he is going to bless our entire year because of what this scripture says. It's so powerful. This principle is so powerful. So when we give God a small portion, but the first and best, he makes the entire thing abundantly blessed. It's a spiritual principle in the kingdom of God. And the enemy hates it. So he is an expert at distraction. Because he doesn't want to give, he doesn't want us to give God our first fruits. Now, we might give God time, but if it's not first fruits, the enemy might be okay because there's power in the first. Because it's saying, God, you're number one. You're more important than anything else, and I'm showing it with my action. You know, words are cheap. Actions is what backs it up, right? And the enemy watches that. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything will be added unto you. The tithe, we give them the first 10% or, or, or whatever. I know some, tithe can be a stumbling block for people. Just be generous. It's God. We give God our first and our best, and everything else is blessed. I know. I mean, I don't know how a family of seven lives off the income we do, but it is abundantly blessed, and we always have more than enough because we give God first and the best. It's a principle my parents taught me, and I'm so thankful they did. And God is a great provider, and it doesn't have to make sense in natural. And I feel like every year God increases and increases as we give him first because it's a trust thing. You know, we don't do our budget, pay everything, then give God. That's not first fruits. And if you're there, I'm praying that God would move your heart, that you could give first fruits by faith and see what God does this year. Not just with finances. Your time, your heart. Maybe there's an area in your life that you haven't quite surrendered to the Lord. Maybe this is the year you want to trust him in that and give him first fruits in that area. So, um... When, uh, when we give God our time, and, and for me, it's first thing in the morning. I'm a morning person. That I would seek God first, first thing in the morning, and his word and his righteousness. My day is so blessed. Because if I give him 10% the rest of the day. And, you know, God can multiply time. That's really easy for him. 
Have you ever had a day where you accomplished everything in a couple hours and you actually have extra time? That is the favor of the Lord when you give him your first fruits. Now, for those who are not morning people, let me set you free. <laughs> if you're half asleep in the morning, maybe that's not your best. And I want to tell you in Genesis, it said it was evening and morning, and that was the first day, right? So officially, according to the Bible, day starts at night. That's why I just want to tell you what you do right before you go to bed is pretty important. Really surrender your sleep to the Lord because Holy Spirit speaks to us in the night. He wants to give us dreams and visions, and he starts working on our heart before the next day. Okay, anyway, so if you're a night person, then that is your first and your best. Don't be condemned. Don't try to be a morning person if you aren't, and you're half asleep, and you actually have no heart connection with God, and it just becomes religious, right? God knows your heart. But we want to give him our first and our best before anybody else because, one, he deserves it. And, two, there's a tremendous blessing on our life. He makes our paths straight. So seek first the kingdom of God. Um, anytime we give God our first, the supernatural follows. Our year can be smooth, pleasant, and full of God's supernatural will. And I had said this, God is a multiplier. He's not a taker. There is nothing that you give God that he will not multiply in your life. He just does something so beautiful. But he does require all of us, and he does require our hearts. You know, um, it's a full surrender to the Lord. Christianity doesn't work any other way. It doesn't. We can't be half-hearted. It just, it causes heartache to us. Not to God, but to us. Because we love him, but we're not fully surrendered. And so we know all these promises, but we're not seeing the promises. And there is dying to self. We die with him and we're resurrected with him. But we keep wanting resurrecting the old man and living in those ways, but want the promises of God. And it, it is a full surrender. But it's so beautiful because what he makes out of it, right? Like it's so much better than what we can do. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't been all in, this is your year. He is safe. He is safe. I know we've been disappointed, situations and people in life, but he will never disappoint. He is safe. He's that strong tower, and we can fully surrender to him in every area of our life and just wait and watch what he is going to do. It's so beautiful. Okay, so what is God saying about 2023? You know, everybody's wanting the prophetic word, and what is God saying? And I love the prophetic. But God is going to speak to you individually more than anybody else can speak into your life. He knows the details. He wants to talk to you. Now, every prophetic word on top of that is just going to multiply. But he wants to tell you. He wants to tell you what he has. And you need to give him that time that we would sit at his feet and listen to his voice and plan our year with him. And you can have ideas, bring them up to the Lord. He wants to fulfill the desires of your heart. And I'm telling you, dream big. We have a big God. I mean, there are so many supernatural stories in our life just by believing God, not because we deserve it, not because we worked for it. We cannot work for the blessing. But we trust God and we know he loves us and it's the dream that he's put in our heart. Even vacations and things that we want and things we want to see. Dream with God. 
Let him speak to your heart and see what he says over this year. Get a word for your own life this year. Get with God and say, God, what do you say about my time? You know, it's good to review last year and say, okay, where was I not the best steward? And help me autocorrect those areas. There's no condemnation. It's just that we get to go from glory to glory. We get to upgrade. I learned more. I did heart work. That means that I can be upgraded this next year. Was I good steward with my time, my resources, my family, friendships in my life? In your word, studying your word, autocorrect me, speak to me, and show me where I can grow. And he'll lovingly show us. He's so good. The correction of the Lord is so, so good because he corrects the ones he loves. He corrects his children. And his correction is always bringing us up to a higher level. It's never condemnation. It's never shame. That's the enemy. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. If you ever feel that, it's not the Lord. The Lord says, I have more for you. I have more for you. Let's have fun this year. Let's dream this year. Let's redeem things this year. Let's make the enemy pay this year. This is the language of the Lord. God is such an amazing redeemer. Okay, so let's talk about fasting. Are we ready? <laughs> fasting's so good, you guys. Fasting's so powerful. It's so powerful. It's a spiritual principle that's been lost in the church. We've taken the easy route. We get comfortable. Everything, we live in such a blessed country, it's just so easy. But fasting and prayer and reading our Bible are principles that should be in our lives regularly because they upgrade us and they help us. Fasting is intentionally saying no to the desires of the flesh in order to be fully submitted in our spirit. Fasting is a powerful way to cleanse our soul to hear the spirit. Fasting does not move God. God made his biggest move when he sent his son to die on the cross. Everything is accomplished. It doesn't move God. We cannot manipulate God with our prayer and fasting. He already wants to do it all. He already promised it all. But fasting shifts our heart. Our soul can get cluttered. Our heart can get cluttered. And what fasting does is does a deep cleansing so then we can stand in awe of God again. Sometimes circumstances in life and busyness distorts our view of God. Therefore, it changes our faith. But when we fast, we're suppressing the flesh, dealing with the soul, a cleanse, so then we can see God for who he is again and connecting with him. It's very, very powerful. In the natural, you know, fasting, our digestive system shuts down when we fast, when we're, when we're fasting food. There's all kinds of fasts, and, and you can pray what kind of fast you want to do, and I'll talk about that. But our digestive system shuts down. Our digestive system uses a mass amount of energy when we eat. And so it takes a lot of energy to digest food, especially certain kinds of food. No condemnation. We just got through the holidays. I need to detox myself. But, um, and then it goes after all of the cells in our body that have been wounded, bruised, dysfunctional. <laughs> and autophagy happens. 
that's the scientific word, autophagy. It just starts doing this deep cleanse. Your body's like, finally, let's do some spring cleaning and go after. And it's actually rejuvenating. It's, um, it extends life. Fasting's really powerful. The Jewish people fasted regularly. It's good and healthy for us in the natural, but also, you know, the natural always makes the supernatural. And the supernatural, the same thing is going on to where we're suppressing the flesh and we say, okay, God, let's just go after these things. I was um, cleaning my son's room yesterday, and I had just cleaned it like 30 days ago. You know, I get under the bed and scoop it out and... <laughs> You don't even want to know what I find in there. But yesterday was interesting because my second daughter was in there helping me. And she goes, there is a stink in there. It is bad. I'm like, okay, let's go see what it is. And she had to go to a party. And so I get under the bed and I see this rotting black horrible thing. And I'm like scooting out and there's just like a stain on the carpet. I'm like, Lord have mercy. It was horrible. It was a cucumber. My son loves cucumbers, and he'll take the long English cucumbers to bed and just eat it, and he must have just thrown it, you know. That, that had to have been a couple weeks. It was horrible. But if I wasn't intentional to go under the bed and pull it out, who knows how long that would have been, right? And I could spray the room with rune spray and pretend like everything's okay, but that stink is there. And that's the same with th things in our hearts, you know, we don't know what's lurking in our hearts. Ben did the most powerful five-week series on Heal Your Life. I encourage you, re-listen to it, then listen again and listen it again. But we don't know, but Holy Spirit does. And if we allow him, he'll get under the bed of our heart and pull out that stuff and clean it up for us. He is the healer. We can't heal ourselves. But he is an expert if we give him permission. I have never seen somebody not get healed unless they don't want to. I'm talking about heart. We get stuck because we choose to, because we don't want to let go. And I know it's hard, and I know it's painful. I've been there. But again, we can trust him. He knows what he's doing. It will only upgrade us. It only makes us better. In places where there's that deep grief and sorrow, he will uproot it and give you peace. And it will change your life physically. It will manifest physically. It will change your relationships. Our relationships will grow to the level of the health of our hearts. So when we start picking out what's going on with everybody else, you know what? We just go right back to our own heart. And those things will manifest. So fasting is so powerful. Fasting is a sign of humility and worship before God. We're saying, God, I'm not going to seek food, even though my body is screaming for food but you are number one, and I'm seeking you. Now, what kind of fast can you do? You ask the Lord. You know, I don't know if there's any restrictions in health, but I think fasting food is the most powerful. Don't stop drinking water. We need water. Don't fast if you, you, know, you know what you're on, what you need to do. You pray with the Lord. If you're young, I don't think you should fast. But what about social media? What about TV? What about sugar? What about coffee? I mean, there's all kinds of things that will make your flesh swarm, squirm. Is that the word, squirm? Uncomfortable. When you're uncomfortable, there you go. You got it. 
It's good for us. It's good for us to be disciplined before the Lord regularly. You know, maybe it'll be a meal a week. Okay, so we're starting this fast. I'm just telling you for 2023, pray about it. Pray about it. Holy Spirit will tell you. Don't just take somebody else's thing and run with it. He's so personal. He'll speak to you and what you can do and what he wants you to do. He knows the things that will help you cleanse your soul. We are starting corporate prayer and fast January 9th through the 13th. So that's not tomorrow, but the next Monday for a week. January 9th through the 13th, Monday through Friday. And the doors of the church will be open from 6 a.m. till 8 a.m. Because Carlos has intercession every single morning, Monday through Friday. Thank you. From 6 to 7. But as a church family, we're all coming from 7 to 8. If you can make it one day, all the days, great. If you can't, try to pray at that time because there's no distance in the spirit. You know, maybe you're driving to work. Shut off the radio, the news, and pray in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Man, that shifts everything. Pray in the spirit. And then I want to challenge you to go before the Lord and say, what do you want me to fast? What can I give up? And he'll show us. And I just want to prepare ourselves for this year. One, as a church family, we get to do life together, and that's so fun. We have seen so many miracles this year, testimonies, because we have each other's back. We're praying for each other. It's powerful family. But two, for your life, for your family, what does God want to do for your life and your family this year? I want to see more. We limit God. We limit God. He wants to do abundantly more than we can ever ask, think, dream, or imagine. I mean, I dream pretty, pretty big. I'm like, okay, God, I want an orphanage this year. <laughs> I feel like I'm a pretty simple gal, but then I'm not. Because Ben's like, what do you want? Just an orphanage, babe. Just give me an orphanage and I'll be so happy. <laughs> I don't need a new diamond ring. So I guess it is kind of extravagant, but, and he did. He went and bought the land for me when I couldn't. I was having babies and I couldn't travel and he went, bought the land for me. It was the most romantic thing ever. Thank you. And he keeps going back. He's like fulfilling the desires of my heart. What a husband. Thank you. I love that, that he took on my heart's desires and I take on his heart's desires and it's amazing. And as a family, we can take on each other's desires and help each other accomplish the things that God is speaking. But God is speaking a new thing. He always is. He's doing new things. And I want to be in the front lines of what God is doing. It doesn't matter what the world says. God has a word. He has a plan. He's doing something. And I want to be in that. The front lines of what he's doing, right? So first fruits. I just want to remind you that our fasting and prayer does not impress God, but Jesus in you impresses him enough, more than enough, but allows us to see God in a new way. And we need, we need that. We lose the oneness of God. Just by doing life, you know, yeah, yeah, God is good. Yeah, yeah, God is big. No, God is good and God is big. And fasting recalibrates us in our vision. Okay, so you know me. I always have books, so I just want to encourage you. <laughs> I want to challenge you. 
you do something new this year to grow in God. Do something new. What I do, I'm just going to tell you what I do. You do not have to do this. I am giving you ideas to seek the Lord, okay? I love reading through the Bible in a year. This is my 20th year doing it. I just love it. And so there's all kinds of Bibles you can get. We're so blessed to have Bibles. You know, there's countries that can't have Bibles, you guys. We're so blessed. We can have a Bible in 10 different translations. We're so blessed. Let's not take it for granted. Okay, one-year Bible. I got this for my man this year to start. For men, there's one year. There's one-year Bible chronological. Did you know that the Bible is not in chronological order? Chronological, I'm going to start this one this year. I do this one like every other year or every two years. I want to encourage you to stir up your time reading the word with God in prayer. Set aside time and be intentional. It doesn't have to be a lot. It just has to be the best in the first. It doesn't have to be a lot. Sometimes we get overwhelmed like, I don't have an hour. Do you have five minutes? Start there. Fully surrender to the Lord. You know what God can do in five minutes? A lot. But the thing is, you'll so fall in love with the Lord in that time, it will increase. And God will extend your days. Because he's a supernatural God. So I want to encourage you, um, learn the word in a new way. Maybe you want to read through it, the whole Bible in a year. What a great goal. Or try a new translation this year. Or do a new Bible study this year. Chuck Missler, I've talked about this for years. Chuck Missler, learn the Bible in 24 hours. This one I read after Bible school, and I learned more in this book than my years in Bible school. I just loved this one. And, and maybe it's just for me what I, what I needed at that time. But this is powerful. It goes through every book of the Bible. And it's fun. Well, I think it's fun. Okay, this one. Maybe you want to start coming on Wednesday nights. You never come to Wednesday nights. We're actually starting a leadership course on Wednesday nights for everybody. Try something new. Maybe you want to come and do prayer with Carlos one morning a week. There's just so many things. Okay, Holy Spirit, what can I do to grow in my faith this year? And like Jesus said, let's stick with it. <laughs> we get really excited. So, so the thing is, sometimes we set these goals that are so extravagant that we cannot fulfill. Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He goes small and there's grace on it. You know, we want to hear what he says because there's grace. What we build in the flesh, we have to maintain in the flesh. What God builds, he will maintain. And there's a supernatural grace on it. You know, um, Ben and I get together before the new year and pray over you. And God, what do you want to speak to our church? And when we get the messages for the Lord, we write out the year. And last year, um, around this time, that's when the Lord spoke to Ben about the retreats. And we did eight or nine retreats last year. I'm telling you, in the natural, I'm thinking, how? We have five kids. How do we do that? But it was the word of the Lord. He knew it was God, and there was supernatural grace on it. They were fun. They were easy. And the, the transformation that came out, who went to a retreat last year? Life-changing. We are still hearing testimonies. You know, it's really easy to hear what this church down the street is doing or what so-and-so is doing, and let me just do that. 
But God wants to speak to you and to me on what he's doing in our life. It's specific. It's tailor-made for us. Maybe you want to read this year. I love books. I want to tell you there's no greater book than the Bible. If you don't have much time, you stick to the Bible and don't add to it. But if you have time, I want to challenge you. Try to pick up a great book. Our bookstore's full of them. One book a month. A chapter a day. Audiobook. Something because God has given revelation to man and we get to share these revelations with each other. One that I read this year was Redeeming Your Timeline. Troy Brewer. Has anybody read this book? I'm telling you, it's phenomenal. It's a little scientific at first. I was in tears with the testimonies. I have heard my entire life about God being the Redeemer, and I thought I knew what that meant. But this book brought such a revelation to my heart. I fell in love with Jesus in a whole new way and how good he is. This one is phenomenal. Start your year with this one if you want. It's Supernatural Skill Set for Healing Past Wounds, Calming Future Anxieties, and Discovering Rest in the Now. That sounds good to me. Love that one. How to Stop the Pain. This one I think Ben and I read every year. Keep a healthy heart right here. Here's your medicine for a healthy heart. This book is powerful. Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Read this one. Do it with a friend. Do it with your spouse. Unless it would hurt your marriage. <laughs> Sometimes we read something and we're trying to fix our spouse. Don't do that. Work on your own heart. Culture of Empowerment. Steve Backlund, he comes every year. Love this book. Um, oh, look it. How to Stop the Pain Twice. Maybe that's prophetic. Keep your love on. This one we also read every year. This is so powerful. Keep your love on. Connection, communication, and boundaries. James Kimberly, you guys live and breathe this now. How many times have you read it? Oh, you did. This one, how to have healthy relationships, how to stay powerful even around dysfunctional people. This will help your year. I'm telling you. Anyways, these are just suggestions, but what I'm saying is I'm challenging you. Let's go deeper. Let's give God first fruits. Let's see what he does this year. Amen?